Chapter forty two of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Afghanistan. Leaving Tibet, we return to India and take a long railroad ride across the Great Plain to Lahore and north to Peshawar at the entrance to the Khaibar Pass, which leads into the wild country of Afghanistan. We have secured permits to enter this land from the Amir, its monarchical ruler, and he has sent out a company of soldiers to guard us on the way to his capital. Our travels are through the grandest of mountain scenery. The snowy peaks seem even higher than those about Darjeeling, and many of them are really three or four miles above the level of the sea. We climb slowly over one awful pass after another, now skirting precipices many hundred feet deep, and now crossing deserts of sand and valleys covered with rocks. We see irrigated fields here and there, and occasionally some patches of trees on the mountains. We cross raging streams, go through long winding gorges, and climb over places so high that we have to frequently stop and rest on account of the thinness of the air. At last we come down into a green fertile valley in which the many cultivated fields and orchards of fruit trees are separated by a network of ditches through which cool water flows. We ride for some miles in this valley and finally reach Kabul, the capital of Afghanistan. Kabul is situated in the Hindu Kush range, on the banks of a river which flows out of a gorge in the mountains. The city is about a thousand feet higher than Denver, and it has nearly the same number of people. The Afghans are mostly Mohammedans, and therefore their houses are surrounded by walls, so that we cannot look in as we walk through the streets. The houses are usually of only one story, and the best have many rooms connected only by doors and without halls or passages. They have gardens about them and orchards loaded with fruit. The business part of the city consists of bazaars, the streets through which are so roofed as to keep out the sun. The main roads run out from these bazaars in four directions. They are badly paved and have no modern improvements. During our stay in the city, we meet many of the people. They are of different tribes and have very queer costumes. The men wear turbans and gowns, and nearly every man we see carries a gun or a sword. There is a great difference of conditions. Some of the people are rich and powerful, and others poor and oppressed. The relations of the several classes are similar to those which prevailed in Europe during feudal times, and civilization is more backward than in India, China, or Japan. Afghanistan is governed by an absolute monarch who is called the Emir. He has also another title which means light of the nation and religion. He has an army of about 100,000 men and could make a strong fight in case of war. He rules by many officials, having large public offices here at Kabul, where we can learn much about the land and its people. We find that Afghanistan is a large country. It is bigger than either France or Germany, and it would make about six states the size of Virginia. It is mostly mountainous, the great range of the Hindu Kush running through it. It has some rushing rivers and many streams, some of which go dry in the summer. The only cultivated places are in the valleys and upon the foothills, and in little nests in the mountains. Most of the farming is done by irrigation, and two harvests are often reaped in one year. 
the first crop is sown in the fall and cut in the summer it consists of wheat and barley and some peas and beans the second crop is sown at the end of the spring and reaped in the autumn it is mainly rice millet and indian corn afghanistan has numerous orchards and fruit is so abundant that it forms the principal food of a large class of the people we see apples pears almonds and peaches sold in the bazaars and also quinces apricots figs cherries and grapes quite a large amount of preserved fruit is exported and much is laid away for the winter we are told that the country is rich in minerals and that it has iron gold copper and lead there are also precious stones of fine quality only small parts of the mountainous regions have been prospected and there are probably other rich mineral deposits of which no one knows but who are the afghans they look far different from the tibetans and most of the east indians they have straight eyes and light brown complexions some have rosy cheeks and not a few long silky beards many being descendants of the same race as our own the afghans are of several different tribes and they number altogether four or five million scattered here and there in villages and cities over the country we ask what these people do for a living and are told that they are chiefly engaged in farming fruit raising and in rearing cattle and horses they have also camels ponies and donkeys a few are employed in manufacturing they weave carpets and cloths of silk and wool and make shoes and other things of leather their exports include wool silk and tobacco and also drugs spices hides cattle and horses they import cotton goods indigo dye stuffs sugar and tea and also foreign wares of various kinds the trade of the country amounts to six or more million dollars a year our travels through afghanistan are on camels and ponies and we go nowhere without soldiers to guard us we see no foreigners for the emir does not usually allow them to come here and so far he has prevented the building of railroads he has been able to do this largely because of the location of his kingdom between the possessions of russia and great britain these two great powers are jealous of each other and in the past they have been glad to have a state like afghanistan so situated that it has kept british india and russian turkestan apart for the same reason they have not encouraged the opening of the land to trade and railroads this will probably be changed at some time in the future and the railroad systems of the russian provinces at the north and those of india at the south will be connected by a line across afghanistan when this is constructed one will be able to go almost the whole way from any part of europe to india by rail End of chapter forty two